This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. Whenever there's a big shift in local politics, people tend to move around. Maybe you were close to retirement anyway and you decided to cash in your chips. Or maybe there's an attractive offer somewhere in the private sector, better suited to reward your time and talents. Keeping people in a government job can be really hard. But our new county executive thinks she's up to the challenge. Today, we are downtown talking hiring, taxes, and upcoming elections with County Executive Sarah Inamorato. It's Tuesday, February 27th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. Madam Executive, uh, thank you so much for sitting down with us here in the county courthouse. Yeah, thanks for coming over. (laughs) Do you want to be called that, Madam Executive? It feels very formal. It does feel very formal. Um, No, I'm just mostly like people can call me Sarah. Or I've been trying to make Ace a thing, Allegheny County Executive. I see it in writing a lot, but not nobody says it. It feels very like Top Gun, like (laughs) Maverick Goose type situation. Ace, like so. Do you want to be Ace, Sarah, or just Ace? Ace. Okay, but Uh, whatever. I feel like I can't make my own nickname. That's like too nerdy. can't make that happen. Uh, well, you are almost two months into the job now. Uh, yeah. What has the transition been like, you know, from legislating at the state level, um, an extremely long campaign. Uh, now you have a job, like you know what your job is for the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's been fantastic. You know, my guiding principles in taking on this role has been how do I make the county the best workplace that it could possibly be. So a lot of my time has been sitting down with directors who have stayed from the last administration into this new one and really getting to know not only them as people and source great ideas from them, but also go to their offices, meet with the people that are part of their teams and just Mm -hmm. say thank you. Thank you for being a part of the county. Thanks for choosing to work here. Find out what you know, inspire them to get a job at the county to begin with, uh, what keeps them here at the county, what ideas that they have either to make their offices or programs better so that they can serve people um, more efficiently here in the county or, you know, ideas they have for us to be a better employer. Well, you know, kind of that question of employment at the county on day one, you raised wages um, for some county employees, $18 per hour in 2024, $22 per hour by 2027. Mm-hmm. Um, why was it so important to you to make hiring within the county such an important priority? Yeah. So this is a number that came up a lot on the campaign, but, you know, at full employment, the county employs about 7,000 people. And, and at the moment, we employ a little under 6,000. 
So mm-hmm. that's a lot of open positions. Are all those other open positions fully funded? Like, is that just not going they're, out right now? Yeah, they're they're um, budgeted for. Yeah. And, you know, we have open job descriptions. Now, we have to take the time as um, a new administration and look at those jobs that are open, seeing what is still relevant, what we need to hire for, what's priority. Can jobs be sunsetted? Can new jobs be created out of that pot? And we're kind of going through that process and that mental exercise right now. But we really wanted to signal to the people who work at the county that you're valued. Um, but we also wanted to signal to the folks uh, who could potentially be future employees that we are dedicated to making this the best place to work. And, you know, by no means is raising the wage the end of the conversation. It's, in fact, just the beginning. And part of that announcement We also wanted to reward people who'd been at the county for some time because a lot of people do make over $18 an hour here at the county. Uh, So we wanted to raise the amount of vacation time that people have. I can't believe people only had five days of vacation. I just didn't realize. I know. And that um, when I asked the county manager's office to look into it, they're like, wow, we haven't updated this since the 90s. And I was like, wow, I was playing with Beanie Babies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is just us competing with the private sector. Um, When you're looking at jobs that are available, you know, in the private sector, you have better wages, better vacation time, more flexibility, other perks. And, you know, we're going to need to compete with that if we want to have the workforce necessary to deliver the services that people expect in the county. And, you know, we have an older workforce. We have some people who have committed their lives to civil service and they'll be retiring soon. And so we already have that huge gap in open positions. And soon we're going to see a wave of retirement. So we need to make sure we're bringing in the next generation of civil servants uh, into the folds now so that they have an opportunity to grow into these leadership positions. Well, it's been a few weeks now. Uh, mm-hmm. Did it work? Are people applying for jobs yet? We are seeing a, a lot of people apply for jobs, which is great. Uh, our office has really been focused on some key leadership positions. So. You have so many openings. There's the like a thousand ish. There's the more retirements that could be coming. Mm-hmm. There are folks that left at the end of your predecessor's administration because that's what happens sometimes. Um, and then all these high level positions, all mm-hmm. these directorships. Absolutely. Um, we heard in the hallway coming in today that they just finished um, doing the last interviews for one position. Mm-hmm. It's so much hiring. Like, how much pressure do you feel when it comes to, like, kind of setting the benchmark for what the county could be for the next several years? Yeah. Well, it's a lot of pressure, right? We want to get it right because, you know, I always say that governing is a team sport. And that means, (laughs) like, working with other elected leaders at all levels of government. But it also means working with a great team um, to be able to execute on a vision and a strategy. So, you know, for me, it's getting you know, making sure that we're sourcing um, a diverse set of candidates and we're running people through a process that, you know, brings in people from the community to help with that interviewing process and really having that collective voice make recommendations to our administration on who to hire in these key positions. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we've designed a system that gives us the best candidate that, again, has, you know, voice from um, employees as well as outside stakeholders And it's not just something that I'm doing in a silo. It's not a decision that I'm making purely by myself, but I've really built a team of folks inside of this office and outside who are helping us uh, source candidates and make those decisions. 
You think you could give us maybe like a status update on a few of them? Sure. So the last interview that we just did was for a brand new position that we've created in the executive's office called the director of housing. Um, Housing has been something that I've worked on um, as an activist, as someone who was in the state house. And, you know, when I was running for this position, I I talked a lot about creating a, a countywide housing plan that would address everything from homelessness to housing affordability to ensuring that seniors could age in place with dignity. And we created this position within the executive's office because we know that so many of the departments, like the Department of Human Services, Department of Economic Development, even the Department of Health have a role to play in the housing ecosystem in the county. And we wanted a position that had the power of the exec's office to be able to convene across departments, but also bring together outside stakeholders like developers, like our housing authorities, um, like other governmental entities um, to make sure that we can create um, a robust plan and really deliver on the promise of safe, stable and affordable housing for all people in the county. So a big job um, and you have some candidates in place. Yeah. Um, What about the jail warden? That's a big one. Yeah. So we're really being intentional about that. Um, We're stepping back and building a structure that's going to have community voice at the table as we're going through that interviewing process. So right now we're sourcing candidates um, and we haven't begun interviews because we really need to get um, a community panel in place so that, you know, voice can be there at the table. Their voices can be at the table. And, you know, we're making a decision that starts from the foundation of trust building. And if, um, you know, folks are at the table, people who have been involved at the jail oversight board meetings, people who are service providers to the residents um, of the jail, people who have the policy and technical expertise, then, you know, we're starting from a person who came from the collective voice saying, this is who we want to see in this position. Um, And it's going to help us mend bridges that we have to uh, mend with with the community. And there have been a lot of puzzle pieces behind the scenes on that. I know you appointed recently some folks to the jail oversight Mm -hmm. board. Um, You attended meetings yourself, um, which is something that advocates have been hoping the county executive would do for a long time. Another position, medical examiner. Um, Carl Williams retired um, earlier this year after a 17-year career in that office. Uh, I'm going to miss him. He had such a unique way of looking at the world. How's that one going to go? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, Carl. I The first time I met Carl, I was just blown away. (laughs) He's just a jovial man with a signature mustache and always has a colorful bow tie on. And so he's going to be a hard personality to replace. But he left behind a really strong team at the medical examiner's office. And, you know, we have sourced a number of candidates. Uh, Actually, uh, I think globally, we have applicants. Uh, So those interviews are happening. And, you know, we hope to have a decision here in the next few weeks. But yeah, we had to do, we did a large search for that because it is a uh, unique skill set that you need in order to to run a medical examiner's office. And then we'll lump a few together. And for the sake of time, um, health department director, county manager, uh, facilities director. What yeah. about those? So all of those, uh, our health director, 
interviews, I don't believe, have started. But again, we have a strong pool of candidates that are sourced nationally. Um, and we've started facilities, manager interviews. And I think those final recommendations are coming our way um, next week. And then what was the other position? County manager and County facilities manager. Chair. Um, facilities, we're good. Those rec- those recommendations are coming to us from from the talent committee. And then um, we have to start interviews for the county manager position. Hey, Pittsburgh. Behind those stately red doors on Bingham Street, the brilliant minds at Pittsburgh's City Theater have a brand new stage show for you. It's a modern revamp of the Shakespearean classic Hamlet. Fat Ham follows a young queer black man named Juicy, whose father visits from beyond the grave to demand Juicy avenge his murder. Check it out through March 24th and get your tickets at citytheatercompany.org. Use code CITYCAST, all one word, for $5 off. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Well, let's move on to mm-hmm. some bigger news from the last week or two. Uh, first up, it is election season yeah. um, again, somehow. Um, we've got the primary coming up here in Pennsylvania on April 23rd. Um, and last week, your office announced it's adding back five places to drop off uh, your ballot. So you go in, hand over your ballot to a human um, who slots it into a box for you. Uh, so these spots mm-hmm. are going to be staffed two weekends before the primary. Um, why was it important to you to bring them back? Because I know there was a lot of talk initially that it was really expensive to do during the pandemic. Um, will these be cheaper? Um, how's it laying out for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I heard a lot on the campaign that people really loved that option of... I used it personally. Yeah, I did too. I went to the North Park ice skating rink, which is where I hung out when I was a teen. So I got to revisit it. The real full circle yeah, moment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I got to drop off my mail-in ballot there as well. Um, So we wanted to do something that was within the confines of our current staffing levels, our current uh, funding levels. And we tasked our elections division along with our um, information officers to say, like, how can we do this safely and securely? How can we expand what we offer downtown with a drop off leading up to the election Um, but out in the community. And they came back to us with uh, some suggestions on locations that we could use that would be of minimal cost and have the necessary security. And we agreed that, you know, we could make two weekends work. And, you know, we selected um, a spot in the northern suburbs, the southern suburbs, um, out east, and then on the western side of the county, um, and then another additional location within the city. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to see how people enjoy uh, that new service that we're we're offering and how folks use it for this election. Yeah. Um, County Councilman Sam DeMarco has been 
pretty vocal on Twitter saying he thinks that there's a legal question here because the Board yeah. of Elections, he says, didn't approve it and the state would have to give us special permission to do this. Yeah. Uh, what's, do you have an answer? So, I mean, I think as, I think um, Mr. DeMarco, you know, views himself as a leader and he should probably check his information before he goes on the internet uh, and spreads misinformation. So, you know, obviously we followed all of the laws and our plan has been approved by the Department of State as it is required to be uh, done. And then, you know, this is a, an expansion of an administrative service that we already offer, which is a, a ballot location drop off. And it's just us expanding that offering to different locations. So it's something that's done administratively under um, under my purview and not something that needs to be considered by the Board of Elections. I saw him replying to a bunch of folks saying he was going to RTK you. So you got that coming. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we uh, get RTK'd many times a day. <laughs> from folks like and, us, I have no yeah. doubt. Um, are you personally ready for all of the candidate visits? Um, I hope you don't mind me oh saying this, but your calendar, your schedule already seems very fraught. <laughs> oh, oh, it is. It is. Um, it's interesting because we're trying to you know, strike a balance between being present in the community, working on our transition initiatives, meeting with department heads and going to see people and meet them where they're at. People and invite you to everything. They do. They do. And we have tough decisions to make each and every day. And then what happens is, you know, the vice president comes in yep. and blows up your calendar. Uh, so, you know, that's a lot of a lot of my days. So, you know, since I've been in office, we've had um the Secretary of Transportation from the White House, Secretary of Labor, Secretary of Education, the governor's come a few times. Um, we've seen the president. I've greeted him on the tarmac. And just this past Tuesday, the vice president, um, Kamala Harris, came in to make an announcement around um, lead line replacements and funding for that. So yeah, congratulating yeah. <laughs> us on the state of our water quality, which I got to say feels like whiplash <laughs> after the last 10 years. Right? It's right? great, though. It's good news. But it means that we are making progress and that if we can come together, we can do great things. Um, let's move on to property assessments. Um, I feel like a ton of news outlets here in the city and the county have been reporting on this. Um, downtown buildings are getting pretty <laughs> huge tax reductions now, which means that our I. I presume our overall tax burden is going to shift a little bit more to regular homeowners, at least for now. Um, are you planning on, at all to order a countywide reassessment um, to rebalance that whole tax base? Yeah. So anything having to do with a reassessment, we need to be able to form a task force and have a conversation because you have people on both sides. There are people who have been like, you've been in office for seven weeks. Why have you not done a reassessment? <laughs> uh, this is absolutely necessary. You and know. There, you can do that. You can do them every so often, like every few mm -hmm. years or some uh, more often. It feels like in our history, they've been court ordered. Yes. Yeah. So then the courts, you know, the courts have done that in the past. You are correct. And, and then you have people who are on the other side who are like, never do a reassessment. It's the worst thing that could ever happen. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Right. And, you know, I'm not an expert in that space. But there are experts that exist here at the county. There are people who exist outside of the county structure. And we need to be able to form the table necessary to have that conversation on, on what does it look like? What are the positives? What are the negatives? Where, what decision gets us to a net benefit as a region? And you know that's how we're going to approach it. And people need to know that at the state, there are protections for people. So whenever a reassessment happens, it has to be revenue neutral meaning that 
the millage, which is the tax rate, needs to be adjusted down so that the county or any other taxing body, the school district, the municipality, they can't make money off of a reassessment. Right. So, you know, they're, they're, I think sometimes we conflate property taxes with property assessment and they're, they're separate things, right? We could, there's a different avenue to raise millage, which is raising your actual tax rate um, based on an assessed property value. I think what I'm hearing is we're not sure yet. Is yeah. that true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think these are difficult. I, I think that's that was always a struggle on the campaign is that, you know, the way that we approach things are very important and and process is crucial to delivering good policy solutions. Um, but those don't go well in a in like a little snippet. I mean, I absolutely trail. get it. Like anything you do is going to have huge implications, mm-hmm. right? Like if people's taxes go up or even they perceive that they go up, they can get mad. They yeah. can blame your office. Mm-hmm. They can move away, um, which is not great for the county. I know that that's happened in the past, particularly Butler County, which has mm-hmm. kind of exploded because of the low tax rate. Um, and then also, of course, the county executive office had a predecessor um, that had a tax assessment issue, um, Jim Roddy, long, long time ago, um, and he only got to serve four years. Um, it really consumed all the oxygen in the room during that period. Are you are you worried at all just about like how these questions are going to percolate over the next few weeks and months? And yeah. I hope for your sake, not years, but. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why having a process that's transparent and accessible that gets people's questions answered is going to be integral to whatever steps we take next, right? Do you and- have a timeline for that process? Um, well, we have to hire a director of housing. <laughs> okay, that um, first. There's there's other things we have to figure out within the um, within the assessment process. We have a backlog right now that's many years long of people challenging their assessments um, that are typically done whenever someone purchases a property, and then the it's typically the school district challenges right um, that assessment, and then it's much more dire process. for them right now. Yeah, and so there's you know we have a backlog of of many years. Uh, which needs to be unraveled and, and sorted out for for sure. And then, but you also mentioned another challenge that we're facing right now, and that's, you know, commercial buildings, especially downtown, are challenging their assessed value and they're winning and they're lowering um, their assessed value and therefore they're paying less in taxes um, because of they're going through that process and winning those appeals. And, you know, we've work together with the city, the Urban Redevelopment Authority, and we're designing in the Chamber of Commerce on designing a uh, Alerta for downtown. And part of that program um, will help. Alerta is is the program. It's kind of hard to follow in audio, I think. It's L-E-R-T-A if you want to Google it. It's been around in Pennsylvania (laughs) for a long time, but this is a new application of it just in downtown Pittsburgh. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's going to help incentivize the conversion of properties from business space into housing. And there's affordable housing mandates as part of the program. But part of it is if you participate in that program, you can't challenge the assessed value of your building. And that's critical because it means that us as the county and the city and the school district, we're not spending any money, but we're preventing long-term revenue loss um, as these buildings empty out and it gives us an opportunity to provide an, a, a tool and an incentive for folks to invest back in these buildings and turn them into homes and put more housing on the market, especially in downtown, which we're in the process of reimagining as a neighborhood. 
Yeah, and County Council um, passed that resolution um, as you're hearing this last week. Um, have you signed the bill yet? No, I think it's sitting on my desk. They, <laughs> they sent over a couple, so I have to I read them. I have seven days to, to sign them. So those will be the first uh, pieces of legislation that have come on the, my desk. Are you going to save the pen? Are you excited? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even... <laughs> I don't think I thought that far, but maybe. <laughs> Do it with something very, special. Get a yeah. very special pen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a bigger question, I guess. But do you think that it is possible to like quote unquote revitalize downtown um because i feel like it's sort of a white whale for a lot of our mm-hmm. politicians and has been for a long time it's like what is downtown supposed to be yeah. for people and what what should it look like mm-hmm. well i think what you have now that has been different in the past is the city at the table the county at the table our departments at the table the ura um the allegheny conference and then a, mon- a, a number of other downtown stakeholders and we're crafting a plan and a strategy. You know, when I got into office, I realized that we didn't really have plans or strategies. Like we were kind of... The office didn't have a plan or strategy? No. And so that's like part of what we're doing right now is like we're, you know, our comprehensive plan came out in 2008 for the county. So we're about, we're overdue for for an update. Um, and we're those doing, took a long time to finish. Yeah. So we're, we're going to start that process we're doing climate action planning. Which um, you're also hiring a director for. Which we're also hiring a director for, you may have heard. Um, and then, you know, but this downtown planning process has been happening. Um, you know, we're tapped into it. And, you know, we're going to be able to have an action plan come out of this of here's the role of the public sector at different levels of government. Here's the role of the private sector. Here's where we're going to have philanthropic partners that are also going to chip in. And, you know, I really am optimistic about what downtown can be. And again, it's not going to be a place that people just come in for work or come in to see a show and have dinner. It, we want it to be a neighborhood and something that's active and safe um, kind of around the clock. And that's a big ask and not one that the county can do alone. Exactly. Because governing is a team sport. You've talked about that word a lot, like the team sport togetherness. Um, I'm curious. I know you haven't been in the job that long, but I am curious. Do you feel like people are showing up for you? Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Especially, like I said, county employees. Absolutely. They're excited. They have great ideas and we're trying to create a, a depository for those great ideas so that they can be part of the transition work that we're doing in all in Allegheny and the action plan that's going to come out of that Um you know, a lot of the community-based organizations are really excited, those who have done a lot of the advocacy work, um, because we're building tables through this transition where they have a seat at the table and they can share their priorities and their voice and have a say in the direction of the county and the next steps that we're making together. So, you know, we have this survey. It's on uh, AlleghenyForAll.com. Please take some time and fill it out. It really is helping us get a sense of what people's priorities are for my administration. And we also have um, some large scale events that are coming up. Our last one is going to be in the Mon Valley and McKeesport. So there's an opportunity for people to lend their voice and share their ideas on what the county could be doing and should be doing. 
Uh, and if you're interested in any of those 1,000 jobs, uh, directorships, um, a lot of open board seats, we didn't even talk about that. Yep. Um, most of those are also listed at that same website. So Absolutely. Alleghenyforall.com slash jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you for coming and hanging out. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. You know, we checked in with the county executive staff after we recorded this, and she has, in fact, now signed her first pieces of legislation. What a week. If you have ideas for future questions, we should ask Sarah, Mayor Ed Ganey, or the directors of other big organizations in town, maybe Pittsburgh Regional Transit. We would love to hear from you. Please text us or leave us a voicemail at 412-212-8893. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. I didn't mention that my birthday is the day after the election.